Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program, our Wednesday broadcast. Glad you are back with us. Hope all is well in your world, that you are safe after yesterday's crazy weather. Isn't it bizarre weather? I mean, only in the South can you have tornadoes, flooding. It was just absolutely crazy yesterday. What was your experience? Quite curious as to how this has affected you. Charlotte Observer reports suspected tornado kills one, injures others, as massive storm rages through North Carolina. This suspected tornado touched down near mobile homes in North Carolina's Piedmont area, according to Catawba County paramedics. The suspected tornado, part of the massive storm system, cloaking much of southeastern U.S., Yesterday, left one dead, two critically injured between Claremont and Catawba. Three people were all in the same home, about 40 miles northwest of Charlotte Center City. Now it's up to the National Weather Service to confirm whether this was indeed a tornado as they evaluate, likely today, whether this was the real thing. There was a tornado watch in effect from Mecklenburg, Gaston, Union, Cabarrus, Rowan, Anson, Stanley, Montgomery, Richmond counties. I mean, this was a vast area of concern yesterday. We talked about it yesterday morning, kind of the remote possibility of this level of severe weather. We also had flash flood warnings for Charlotte, Fort Mill, Concord, Huntersville, and... It turned out we did have several inches of rain. Tens of thousands of people had the power knocked out. I was one of those power outages shortly after the broadcast yesterday. The power went out and it was out for a little while yesterday. I am very thankful. The Duke Energy crews are very quick, not only the power went out, but internet went out as well. So um, this was an experience experienced by thousands of people yesterday. At Charlotte Douglas International Airport, more than 300 flights delayed, more than 40 canceled. Talk about a travel horror story. I talked with one woman yesterday, yesterday evening, who had just a nightmarish experience. She's from, she was coming from the Wilkes-Barre area of Pennsylvania. And this was supposed to be a routine trip, flying from Pennsylvania to Charlotte, and then Charlotte out to Los Angeles, right? All very simple, not yesterday. I talked to this woman late last night. She first was dealing with blizzard-like conditions that challenged her getting to the airport in the first place. Then she gets on her plane to fly to Charlotte. By that time, we are experiencing weather issues here in the Charlotte area. And there's a ground stop. So the plane circled. And it circled, and it circled, and it circled. And guess what? We need fuel. We're going to have to divert. So the plane flies to Raleigh, touches down, refuels. Okay, we'll get back on track, fly back to Charlotte, and go on to Los Angeles, right? Wrong answer. The plane refuels, heads to the runway. (laughs) Another ground stop. And by this woman's account, sat on the tarmac three hours. Three. Three hours in Raleigh. Before finally coming to Charlotte. By that time, she missed her connection. So, hopefully, she will be on her way to Los Angeles today. But her story is not the only story like this. Yesterday was absolutely chaotic 
at Charlotte Douglas International Airport. Typical for this kind of a situation where you have bad weather. So if you ever anticipate this kind of thing happening, plan accordingly. It's a very good idea. Yesterday, we were talking about the closing of schools. A number of school systems closed yesterday, anticipating some of the issues that we dealt with. And now we have some classes starting later. Charlotte Mecklenburg, along with Cabarrus, Gaston, Union, Davis, Cleveland, Avery, Alexander, and Caldwell on a two-hour delay. Catawba County, two-hour delay at Ford, St. Stephen's, Maiden Feeder Schools, Anson County, closed today. So, again, this is, <laughs> this is the kind of weather only experienced in the South in January. Quite bizarre. Which is a reminder how alert we need to remain all the time because you just never know. Never know when uh, these kinds of things will come to visit us. Still to come on the broadcast, what in the world is going on now? It looks like Hunter Biden has arrived on Capitol Hill. For what purpose, I do not know. But he's on Capitol Hill. We will see what he is up to. Coming up, we're going to talk about Lloyd Austin. We now know exactly what his problem was. And interestingly enough, this is proving to be not just a Republican issue, which I'm really glad to hear because it's not a Republican issue. It's a national security issue. And you'll hear from a Democrat who is very concerned about the way this entire matter with the defense secretary was handled. We will talk about that coming up. Also, one of the issues that Joe Biden is going to pounce on, some comments from Donald Trump anticipating the possibility of an economic crash. What did he mean in his comments and how? Does the Biden administration hope to capitalize this in their political efforts? I'm going to tell you about a rising star in the Democrat Party. I have to tell you, this is a person who turns my stomach. But he nonetheless is getting attention because he was recently reelected as governor of a state that I know very well. We will talk about that a little bit later on for Wellness Wednesday. Love really does affect your brain, believe it or not. I know that's absolutely shocking. We'll tell you how it affects your brain and a controversy in the Vatican. You know the conversation recently about blessing same-sex couples. Well, there's another issue that is getting attention, and we'll tell you the man behind this particular controversy. I also need to give you a heads up. If you have young people with sensitive ears... Be prepared for this coming up in the next hour because this subject matter is quite, uh, let's just say, adult in nature. We'll talk about this and much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, I want to bring you up to date on a developing story I mentioned just a few minutes ago. Here is what is happening on Capitol Hill. In fact, Bernie, if you have a source for this, it would be kind of interesting to listen in on whatever is happening. There is a hearing, a committee hearing, to hold Hunter Biden in contempt. We told you that this was coming, but the committee hearing is this morning. And guess what? Hunter Biden decided to show up in person. He's just sitting there while these proceedings go on. The House Republicans released a report recommending Hunter Biden be held in contempt of Congress for defying a subpoena to sit for a closed-door deposition and offering to testify publicly instead. So here he arrives at the Capitol this morning to attend this hearing in person. 
So now we've got this standoff on live television between Hunter Biden and House Republicans who've long sought his testimony as part of their impeachment inquiry into his father. Hunter is not alone. He's accompanied by his attorneys, Abby Lowell and Kevin Morris, and at this point has not responded to any questions. So they're planning to have a committee vote today on whether to recommend Hunter Biden be charged with contempt of Congress. So that is what's happening now. And maybe it'll be entertaining just to listen in for a little bit. I believe right now, Jared Moskowitz, who's a Democrat from Florida, is speaking. Let's listen in on what's happening here during this particular hearing. Investigation. This committee is following the Constitution and procedure as directed by the House's vote this past November. Make no mistake, attacks on the integrity of the process are meant to distract you from the deadly consequences of our open border. Unprecedented cartel control of our southwest border with record amounts of fentanyl flooding across between ports of entry and into our communities, killing tens of thousands of Americans every year. Over 300 individuals on the terrorist watch list apprehended illegally crossing the southwest border since FY 2021. What you're listening to there is apparently another hearing. I mean, this administration is keeping the House committees busy. This one apparently dealing with Mayorkas, who um, is head of the Department of Homeland Security. And there's an effort to impeach him as well. This is a circus. Needless to say, we'll continue to follow what's happening really with both of these because they're quite consequential. And we'll see if anything of substance develops from these events. Let's go. We're going to try again to go to the hearing. Uh, I mentioned the Democrat. One of the Democrats on the committee is speaking now. Let's listen in on what's happening inside that hearing on Capitol Hill. Well, other than one or two that want to hear from the witness. So the majority of my colleagues over there, including the chairman, don't want to hear from the witness with the American people watching. So, Mr. Chairman, I just want to hear from you. Will you acknowledge that you invited the witness on television to choose whether he could come to a public hearing? And do you stand by your words, or do you renege that invitation to the witness? To answer the question I've said repeatedly, after the deposition... Mr. Biden can come in front of a public hearing. Mr. Chairman, I don't want to play the video, but that is not what you said on television multiple times. We have the quotes. We can put them up. You said the witness can choose between a deposition. Listen, or- Mr. Moskowitz, Mr. Biden doesn't make the rules. We make the no, rules. That, no, Mr. Chairman, you make the rules. And the rule you made is that he can choose. I, that, those, the rule is... Those were your... Those were your words, reclaiming we, my time. He was issued two lawful subpoenas. Re- reclaiming my time, Mr. Chairman. No, you issued right. those subpoenas after he took you up on your invitation to come. And then you were like, oh, no, no. Oh, my God, what did, we, what did I do? I invited him to come so the American people can hear his side of the story. I put my foot in my mouth. So now I must bury him in the basement where we can decide what we're going to release to the public so that we can continue to tell that story. Mr. Chairman... You have said multiple times that this is not about Hunter. It's about Joe Biden. And even this morning on Mornings with Maria, she asked another simple question. The question you have been asked multiple times, which is, do you have evidence to impeach the president of the United States? Before you said, I hope so. Today you said, I think so. And the answer is, you don't. And you still don't. And so we continue to be here and have these charades. To my colleagues who talk about lawful subpoenas, I appreciate the the gentlelady from South Carolina who voted to to hold people in contempt. Listen, I'll, I'll make this bipartisan. I'll vote for the Hunter contempt today. You can get my vote. You can get my vote. But I want you to show the American people that you're serious. Here is the subpoena to Representative Scott Perry, who did not comply. I'd like to enter this into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mark Meadows. I'd like to enter this into the record who did not comply. Here is the subpoena to Jim Jordan who did not comply with a lawful subpoena. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mo Brooks who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mr. Biggs who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. And here's the subpoena to Mr. McCarthy who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. There's an amendment coming to add some of those names into the contempt order. 
You vote to add those names and show the American people that we apply the law equally, not just when it's Democrats, right? It's a crime when it's Democrats, but when it's Trump and the Republicans, it's just fine. No, show that you're serious and that everyone is not above the law. Vote for that amendment, and I'll vote for the Hunter Biden contempt. I yield back. Gentlemen, time's expired. Chair, recognize Ms. Green from Georgia for five minutes. Wow. Thank you, Mr. That was uh, pretty... Um Strong stuff there, challenging James Comer, who is in charge of this particular committee, and basically saying, hey, uh, Hunter Biden's not the first person to refuse a subpoena. So (laughs) there uh, is a lot of contention in this particular hearing. And James Comer from Kentucky, the head of this committee, the chair, is in hot seat. So (laughs) my goodness. Hunter Biden has now stepped out of this hearing, and he and his attorney, Abby Lowell, are doing some sort of a news conference. Uh, If there's anything of consequence communicated, which I doubt there will be, we will uh, bring that to you. But that's what we do here, breaking news and much more. I love the stripe that's running right now on Fox News Channel. Hunter flees hearing room in face of GOP questions. (laughs) Hunter Biden showed up at this particular proceeding with his attorneys. They walked out at some point, did a little news conference thing. And uh, I mean, it is hilarious. I mean, this guy is a snake. This family is, I I don't know about you. I'm just tired of these families and the grifting. And I don't care who it is. This is just unacceptable. This is not what this country is about. And the idea that Democrats, you know, you heard this, Congressman, you know, talking about all these subpoenas that were were pretty much ignored. Uh, a, n- a number of those subpoenas were for members of Congress o- over this entire January 6th garbage. And can I just remind you again, if we want to be serious people, we need to get all of this January 6th stuff behind us, all of it which means no more conversations about 2020 and using stupid phrases like rigged election and all of you got to you got to throw all of it out all of it because as long as the democrats have this issue they're going to continue to pounce and pounce and pounce and pounce and the candidates who are out there talking this garbage are going to look stupid now you might you know continue to rev up your supporters But only the hardcore MAGA people are going to enjoy this foolishness. Everybody else are like, shut up. This is 2024. Nonetheless, that's what's going on in the nation's capital right now. And you know, part of what's going on, you know, when you don't want to address a particular subject, you change the subject, which is why the Democrats are going back to their January 6th shenanigans and saying, well, I'll be glad to hold Hunter Biden in contempt if we hold all these members of Congress and other people who refused our subpoenas in contempt. Just games. More games. Speaking of games, let's talk about what's going on with the Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin. Let me first and foremost say, and by now I'm sure you have heard, that Lloyd Austin has been diagnosed with prostate cancer. First and foremost, as a human being, I pray that this man's recovery will be complete. He will be restored to health That's my utmost concern for Lloyd Austin. Having said that, I've also gone on record as saying 
that he needs to be relieved of his duties. It's probably not a bad idea anyway for his health. Lloyd, get away from these people. They're not good for you. NBC News reports he was diagnosed in December, underwent a minimally invasive procedure. Prostate cancer. He developed complications from this minimally invasive procedure he underwent to treat and cure it. The complications led to Austin's being admitted to Walter Reed January 1st. Eventually, the intensive care unit, Austin remained in the hospital on Tuesday. The Defense Department took three days to inform the White House and key defense officials about Austin's hospitalization, prompting criticism and triggering a review of procedures about how the head of the military could be away from his duties for so long without senior members of the administration knowing. President Joe Biden and other top White House officials learned about his hospitalization Thursday. But National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters Tuesday neither Biden nor anyone else at the White House knew about Austin's cancer diagnosis until Tuesday morning. Hours before Walter Reed officials made the information public. Talk about out to lunch. See, this is the other thing. I don't know about you. I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm not president. Nor do I have any ambition to become president. Now, if I were president, and we've got all of these provocations going on in the Middle East, where calls are having to be made about military activities, don't you think you would have daily conversations with your defense secretary? See, this is troubling to me. That's the question. That's one of the deeper questions here. And that goes back to Joe Biden. Does he not have the wherewithal to pick up the phone and call his defense secretary and find out, oh, he's not available? Why is he not available? What is he doing? Is he playing shuffleboard? Is he playing bingo? What is the president doing from day to day? Because I'm thinking that a normal human being in the White House would be reaching out to the Defense Department to find out what is going on militarily from day to day. And if that's not taking place, I want to know why. Because I think this is more evidence that this man, Mr. Magoo, Joe Biden, is out to lunch. And he's not up to the job. That's on him. That is entirely on him. Before we talk more about Lloyd Austin, <laughs> the circus that is the Republican hearing this morning discussing the possibility of holding Hunter Biden in contempt. Now the headline, Republicans slam Hunter Biden contempt vote stunt. And that's what this was. Probably engineered by Abby Lowell. I... I I, 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 this whole thing just blows my mind. It really does. You know, at, at the core of all of it is one thing. It's corruption. That's what's at the core of all of this. And whether Republicans get to this and actually are able to unearth what's at the very base of it, who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm very skeptical. I think it's very unlikely. I mean, let's just get real. These uh, these are folks who they're like, uh, what, what is it? Cockroaches. They survive no matter what. That's the way this has worked for a long time. And, and it just doesn't change. It does not change at all. We were talking about Lloyd Austin and his prostate cancer diagnosis and the fact that notifications did not take place uh, basically it sounds like Hunter Biden Hunter Biden Joe Biden was finding out about this condition of Lloyd Austin's at the same time we were this is just crazy you know it sees you know what else fascinates me about this story if I remember correctly a lot of the stories and the coverage I've seen on this in recent days they've said one of the reasons why Lloyd Austin has this job as he was close with Bo, the president's 
son. So let me get this straight. So this is a person who is essentially a family friend. And even this family friend, somewhere along the lines, there's not the communication, even as a friend, that, hey, I'm going in for a procedure. This whole thing, it just stinks. It stinks to high heaven. And I'm serious what I said earlier about Lloyd Austin. I believe he should be relieved of duty. And the other part of this, it, it, it's not, part of this even, isn't even punishment. Let the man recover. I don't know what his financial situation is. I hope he's in a place to be able to just retire. Let the man go recover somewhere and get him away from these morons that he's working for. I think that would be a blessing, to be honest with you. One of the things that I'm really glad to hear is Democrats who are chiming in on this issue because they are alarmed by what has happened here. And appropriately so, they are alarmed. On Tuesday's broadcast of CNN's The Source, House Armed Services Committee ranking member Adam Smith says it's time for President Biden to evaluate his relationship with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Based on Austin's answer on why Austin didn't tell the president he was hospitalized and Biden needs to have a conversation about potentially firing Austin. He's saying there isn't a plausible answer to why Austin didn't inform the White House. See, and I am encouraged by this because Adam Smith is not a fire-breathing right-wing Republican. He's a Democrat. And he's saying what any normal human being would say. Here are his comments on CNN yesterday. I think Secretary Austin has done a great job as Secretary of Defense. When you look at the coalition that he has put together to defend Ukraine, at the response to the Israel crisis, we're, we're in a very, very difficult uh, set of circumstances for our national security. He's done a great job, but there's really no excuse that I can think of for not having informed the president, number one, that you had cancer, but certainly number two, that he was having this surgery and that he was hospitalized. And that's the one question that we have to have answered. What did Secretary Austin think? I mean, why did he think that it was okay not to tell the president? I mean, he, Secretary Austin's number two in command of the military. Uh, president's number one. It's really important that he keep him informed. He didn't in this case. And, and I can't imagine a, a plausible explanation that, that justifies that decision. And there is no plausible explanation for that at all. It just doesn't make sense on any level, on a business level, on a personal level. It makes no sense. And I think it affirms, again, just the dysfunctional nature of this administration. This is what happens when you have a geriatric president who doesn't know where he is. Don't, you know, this is not a situation where we need to dump on Lloyd Austin. The man has enough issues the person who really ultimately needs to be held responsible here is Joe Biden. Again, how many of you wouldn't pick up a phone and call? It's like, you know, I haven't heard from you for several days. What's going on? And, and this gets to the heart of Joe Biden's state of mind, which nobody is going to want to talk about. I would love if this is a question that's posed by Peter Ducey. <laughs> this would be really fun to watch. Would it not? I uh, very quickly want to tell you about this story as we are in a very important presidential election year. It's probably too early for this guy for 2024, but you better believe I'll bet this guy is eyeing the possibility of running in 2028. I'm talking about the governor from my former home state of Kentucky. Washington Post has a story as his national profile rises. Democratic Kentucky Governor Bashir launches PAC. Oh, my goodness. And why is this guy a star? Well, he's a Democrat who won re-election in the red state of Kentucky. He announced the creation of a new political action committee, a move that could further boost his political profile nationally as his party looks for future leaders. 
Bashir's led Kentucky since 2019, was reelected by five percentage points, said in a statement Monday his new pack in this together. Oh, doesn't that sound wonderful? We'll help elect good people and good candidates, not only in Kentucky, but also nationwide. It's critically important we elect more good people, both in Kentucky and around the country, who will stand strong in our shared values and always do the right thing, even when it's hard. <laughs> and he doesn't know what the right thing is. Um, we may touch on this a little more, and then again, we may not. Wellness Wednesday is straight ahead. <laughs> Stay with us. Hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. Still seeing the fallout of Hunter Biden crashing the contempt hearing that took place in Congress this morning. Hunter's attorney has said this morning they're using Hunter to attack his father. Listen here, you overpriced jackass. If Hunter Biden had behaved responsibly, if Joe Biden had behaved responsibly, none of this would happen. Don't try to, try to throw this on Republicans. It's all the fault of this freaking corrupt family. They are the problem. Don't try to project this anywhere else, but it's your stupid client, your crackheaded client. I'm sorry, but I don't have sympathy for this. Turning this entire thing into a circus. Why don't you just come out and be a responsible adult and say, I screwed up. But it's not going to happen. Because these people are snakes. And whenever they get into trouble, you just find some high-priced lawyer and try to skate. I, I'm, I'm sick of all of this. All, and all of these people, they just need to go away. All of them. Let's get to Wellness Wednesday, shall we? <laughs> My goodness. I have a couple of interesting stories, and I told you that I want to give you a heads up because uh, closely following behind this first story I'm going to share with you, I'm going to tell you about something that is a little bit of a controversy going on within the Vatican. Now, if you have sensitive ears anywhere nearby, you I'm just giving you a heads up now because we're going to talk about some things of a sexual nature. I'll just put it that way. I want to begin... With study finds, you ever checked out that website? It's a really cool site. That's all it is. It's a bunch of studies. Here's one. Love really does change how the brain works. Love can make people do crazy things. Now new studies explaining why. Scientists in Australia found that love really does scramble the human brain on a neurological level. <laughs> yep, I can believe that. While prior studies have established romantic love has a connection to the release of oxytocin, often called the love hormone within the brain, a new report documents how a specific area of the brain is responsible for placing our sweethearts on a pedestal when we first fall in love. This project, a joint collaboration between the University of South Australia, the Australian National University, and the University of Canberra, one lead researcher of this says, we actually know very little about the evolution of romantic love. As a result, every finding that tells us about romantic love's evolution is an important piece of the puzzle that's just been started. It's thought that romantic love first emerged some five million years ago after we split from our ancestors, the great apes. Of course, you know, this is pure fiction. I don't know about you. You may have come from an ape. I did not. I am a special creation from my Heavenly Father. If you claim apes as your predecessors, go right ahead. It explains the behavior of a lot of people I know. <laughs> we know the, Greek, the, the ancient Greeks philosophized about it a lot. Recognizing both as an amazing as well as a traumatic experience, that's for sure. 
The oldest poem ever to be recovered was, in fact, a love poem dated to around 2000 B.C. Hmm. Study authors explain the project was the first ever to investigate and analyze the link connecting the human mind's behavioral activation system. That's interesting. And feelings of romantic love in all. A total of 1,556 young adults who identified as being in love took part in the survey. Questions mostly focused on their emotional reaction to their partner, their behavior around them, and the focus they placed on their loved one above everything else. Sure enough, researchers discovered when people fall in love, our brains react differently. Our new romantic flame becomes the center of our lives. This study has shed some light on the mysterious mechanisms underlying romantic love. Dr. Phil Cavanaugh, University of Canberra academic and adjunct associate professor, notes that this work indicates romantic love is associated with changes in behavior as well as emotion. We know the role that Oxytocin plays in romantic love because we get waves of it circulating throughout our nervous system and bloodstream when we interact with loved ones. The way that loved ones take on special importance, however, is due to oxytocin combining with dopamine, a chemical that our brain releases during romantic love. Essentially, love activates pathways in the brain associated with positive feelings. Hmm. Not too surprising, is it? I and I don't want to go too deep with this, but I, I will just tell you the other cool thing about this. And, and see, I I take a totally different approach to a lot of things now than I would have maybe 10, 15 years ago. Here's what I mean by that. I, a lot of people, a lot of things today are geared toward focusing on the mind and mind control and mind manipulation. I like to focus on the heart because if you get the heart right, the other things will come into place. Here's what I mean by this. And, and this goes for everything. If love is at the base, it's going to bring about certain types of behavior. See, a lot of people, they try to change the behavior. I try to focus on the love part. Because once that's in place, behavior is going to follow. Whether it relates to God, a romantic relationship. See, and, and a lot of times people say, well, I've fallen out of love. Well, where does love come from? I believe love comes from God. Remember, one of my favorite scriptures, by the way, Jesus said, if, you, if we believe in him, out of our bellies would flow rivers of living water. If you get nothing else from this program today, take this with you. Christianity is not primarily about behavior modification and morality. It is about a life source. The scripture says, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. What is, what's the meaning of this? Jesus is the source of life itself. He's the essence of life. So that's what we need to receive. He is the life source. I'm telling you, folks, we have a lot of alleged Christian dead people out there because they're doing all of these wonderful moral things, and they're very moral people, but inside they are dead. Why? Because Jesus isn't there. This is about connection to a person. And yes, what does this have to do with what I shared about the study finds thing? Oh, it has everything to do with it. Because if you are activated in love, if you're, I mean, if your love for a romantic partner is, is strong and has the effect that we've learned about in this study, your love, the love of God in you, can you imagine what that does? The transformative effect? That's what I want people to understand. That's what I want you to understand and grasp. That love transforms. It fills us with the power to do it. We can't do otherwise.
Remember, it's about life source. Life source. One of the cool things I heard, and I promise I'll go to break after this. I remember the first conference I went to my friend Don Atkin years ago, and there was another older gentleman who spoke. And he said something really profound. He said, once a prostitute falls in love, she's out of business. That's pretty profound, isn't it? See, how many people would go out and they preach? You shouldn't be doing this or that. Why don't you help whoever it is discover the love of God? And the love of God will transform everything else. Rather than trying to do this behavior modification thing. Just a little freebie. I'll send you a bill. I'm just kidding. We are back on the Vince Coakley radio program. 23 minutes after 11 o'clock. Okay, I gave you a heads up about this. I just want to give you a heads up again, lest anybody say, why didn't you tell me you were going to talk about something really sensitive? Well, I'm going to go into this now. Okay, so I've given plenty of warning about it. <laughs> this headline by Breitbart is, is really, it's hilarious. And probably very appropriate. Here's the headline, Vatican Orgasm Gate may be the last straw for Argentinian Cardinal. <laughs> oh my goodness. Writings from the Vatican's controversial doctrinal czar exploring intimate details of male and female orgasm has been dubbed the last straw for his meteoric but scandal-ridden career. This guy's name is Victor Manuel Tucho Fernandez, a close personal friend and ghostwriter for Pope Francis, whom the pontiff called to Rome to lead the Vatican's powerful doctrinal office, elevating him to the rank of cardinal, has provoked a veritable ecclesial earthquake with a recent discovery and translation of a graphic sexual text comparing orgasm to mystical union with God. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Let's not forget that women have a rich venous plexus around the vagina, which maintains a good blood flow after orgasm. Okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm, don't hear what I'm not saying here, but I, I have to ask the question, what does this guy know about any of this stuff? I'm, I'm curious. Fernandez wrote this in his 1998 book, Mystical Passion, Spirituality, and Sensuality. That's why me referred to the anatomy. That's why she is usually insatiable. She needs to release the pelvic congestion. And when this does not happen after orgasm, she may want more. <laughs> the woman requires more time. More dedication. <laughs> Chris says, really? <laughs> the woman requires more time, more dedication. She needs the man to give her something extra after he has achieved his own satisfaction. Well, duh. Fernandez said, he had canceled Mystical Passion not long after it was published and never allowed it to be reprinted. Okay. Mystical Passion made sense at the time, but it's a book that I certainly would not write now. That's what he said to an online Catholic news outlet. What many observers have found most troubling about the book is not its exploration to the nitty-gritty of human orgasm, as odd as it may be considering its authorship, but rather an entire chapter recounting conversations, this is where it gets really messy, with a 16-year-old girl about her erotic visions of Jesus. What? I'm telling you, folks, 
there's something really wrong here. If these descriptions were indeed reported to him by this girl, they would seem to exceed any boundaries of prudence and propriety. If they were fabricated by him, they would seem to suggest thoroughly questionable imaginings into the sexual spiritual life of a young girl. Mm, boy. Moral theologians have also taken issue with Fernandez's apparent justification of objectively evil actions as somehow compatible with God's grace. Experience God's love does not mean, for example, that a homosexual will necessarily stop being homosexual, he wrote. Let us remember God's grace can coexist with weaknesses and even with sins when there is very strong conditioning, he added. In those cases, the person can do things that are objectively sinful without being guilty and without losing the grace of God or the experience of his love. Okay. Curiously, the prelate also cites a venerable Egyptian theologian of the 15th century in giving praise to God. Praise be to Allah, who establishes, I, I, I'm, folks, I just, I told you. Are you ready for this? Who establishes penises as hard and straight as spears to wage war on vaginas. This is not the only publication written by the Argentinian cardinal to raise eyebrows. Fernandez is also the author of a surprising text titled, Heal Me With Your Mouth, The Art of Kissing. He published this in 1995 as a 33-year-old priest. See, folks, I this raises all kinds of questions. I want to clarify this book was not written so much based on my own experience, based on the lives of people who kiss. In these pages, I want to synthesize the popular feeling, what people feel when they think of a kiss, what mortals experience when they kiss. I, I just thought you'd find this interesting. This is... Someone apparently has the trust of Pope Francis. He knows some interesting people. I'm just saying. On the Vince Coakley radio program. All right, did I totally uh, blow your mind with that last segment? It's like, what in the world is Vince talking about? I mean, <laughs> one of the things I, I want to be very clear about, <laughs> Chris says, thanks, Dr. Phil. <laughs> I want you to understand something really important here. Because I, I think especially in the, in the spiritual world, we've been much too prudish. I mean, let's let's not pretend that sex is not uh, just a normal part of human behavior. Okay, Let, let's let's get rid of all of the silly, prudish stuff. Now, I don't want to go the direction of the culture at the same time where everything is sexualized. I, I just want to be very clear about that. But anyway, I thought you would find that story about the Vatican very, very entertaining. I thought it was. All right, folks. So yesterday, I probably caused some manifestations by playing the idolatrous recording of Donald Trump. Uh, I There really aren't any words. And this is one of the things that frustrates me about this man is he is a person who just continually puts his foot in his mouth and says things that do not help him with his own case. Case in point. The current conversation about the economic condition of the country and the possibility of going into a recession or whatever else might happen. So this is a clip that the Biden administration has absolutely leaped on. And I think the starting place is just to listen to what the president, the former president, had to say. Here's what he said that's raising eyebrows. Donald Trump, listen up. We have an economy that's incredible. We have an economy that's so fragile. And the only reason it's running now is it's running off the fumes of what we did, what the Trump administration. It's just running off the fumes. And 
when there's a crash, I hope it's going to be during this next 12 months because I don't want to be Herbert Hoover. Okay, so he's anticipating there's going to be a crash. I, I just hope it doesn't happen while I'm president. I, I You know, again, folks, I don't care who you support. I really don't. But this is one of the dumbest things anybody could possibly say. This is just stupid. Because once again, what does it reveal Donald Trump to be a, another selfish bastard who's only concerned about himself? I don't want to be Herbert Hoover. So this is all about him. This shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. So what is the White House doing? CNBC, Biden slams Trump as revealing twisted true colors after Trump says he hopes economy crashes in 2024. Now, I do think there's a sense in which they have kind of twisted the message here. But again, this is not the kind of thing that should come out of the mouth of anybody who has half of a brain. This is just stupid. So the White House is taking aim at this. Using Trump's remarks to tout Bidenomics victories and to draw a contrast with the economy under Trump. Now, I think that's a joke. But you know how these folks operate with help from the mainstream news media. The economy has shown promising signs of recovery over the past couple of months. Consumers in early polling say they have yet to feel the relief and they blame Biden. See, this is the crazy thing about it. This is a freebie. One of the best things that the president can do, and I've said this for years, is to shut the hell up. Just shut up. But no, he has to go rambling and saying stupid stuff. So it raises questions. Okay, so is he concerned about the economy for my sake? Or is he concerned about the economy for his sake? I think you know the answer to that question. The economy expanded for several years under Trump and experienced a significant crash while he was still in office. Now, as you know, this was connected to COVID, which would have happened to anybody. Well, let me rephrase that. Anybody who listened to the cabal of the people promoting the panic porn of COVID, that's what happened. So the White House taking aim at this, Andrew Bates saying in a statement yesterday, Commander-in-Chief's duty is to always put the American people first, never to hope that hardworking families suffer economic pain for their own political benefit. See, this is, again, just an opportunity that Mr. Magoo and company will exploit. Don't give them opportunities to exploit it's really not complicated at all but as we've seen plenty of other times this former president one of his big issues is he's not very good at self-control he just likes to say whatever is in his stream of consciousness and as you know sometimes those things communicated are not the best it's just not the best And just to take you back a little bit earlier in the broadcast where we started in the first hour, the GOP is now ripping Hunter for his contempt hearing crash stunt. That's what they are calling this, a stunt. In what appeared to be a public relations stunt, Hunter Biden, along with his lawyer, Abby Lowell, and so-called sugar brother, Kevin Morris, showed up at the hearing. The interesting thing is congressional leaders could have sent the House Sergeant-at-Arms to arrest and detain Hunter for failing to comply with a subpoena. They should have. Boy, Nancy Mace, did you hear what she said? This is really good stuff. You are the epitome of white privilege. You have no balls. I think Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go to jail. Looking right at the president's son. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness.
Talk about fireworks. Hunter and his posse immediately left the hearing when Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene started to speak, saying he sits here with a smug look on his face and runs away when it's my turn to talk. Came and faced my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. Wow. By the way, Green previously displayed a photo of Hunter having sex on a blown-up piece of cardboard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. This is, it, it just doesn't stop, does it? And again, this comes down to something very, very basic. Just corruption. Family corruption. So you have to do all these calisthenics to try to dance on the head of a pin to somehow skate around these questions that I think any any sensible person would be asking. These are not unreasonable questions at all. My goodness. All right, folks. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. Bernie, were you thoroughly entertained today? Did you enjoy oh. the story about that cardinal especially? Oh, it was just fantastic. It was just... <laughs> So many great sound bites, promo material, things I can work with <laughs> that people just that they want to hear over and over again. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. So how about that day in history, Vince? Yes. How about the day in history? This <laughs> Bernie very, very eagerly wants to transition away from all that nonsense. 1776, Thomas Paine wrote this. This was about the... Uh, setting the stage for the revolution, but it was a book that about something that most people don't seem to have. Do you know what the title of it is, Bernie? Is this common sense? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be common sense. Right? That was so quick. Yeah, you know be. that well, don't yeah, you? That it's got to be. Man. The older common. you, the older you get, the more you realize. Yes, it's not common at all, it is, is it? Not, no. 1863, London's Metropolitan opened the world's first underground railroad. 1870, this very, very wealthy family, brothers, established Standard Oil of Ohio. Do you know what the name of this family is? Ooh, Standard Oil. 1870. Ooh, I don't. Who is this? Rockefeller, oh, the Rockefeller Brothers. Brothers. Got it, okay. Yep. Standard sense. Oil, 1870. 1901, the Spindletop Gusher in Texas signals the advent of this industry for Texas. One of the most important ones. It really put Texas on the map in a number of ways. What oil? <laughs> Idiot. Yeah, I, I was about to say. Answer. I was about to say, is it not oil? <laughs> it is oil, indeed. <laughs> yes, sir. Dumbbell. That's okay. 1918. I've lost my mind, I know. <laughs> the House passes a law for women's suffrage. 1918. 1946. This world body met for the very first time. There are a lot of people who'd like to see it leave, like me. It meets in New York all the time, and all kinds of terrorists and idiots and rogue leaders come and pound the pulpit. What organization met for the first time in 1946? Is it... Uh, I, th I feel like there's a couple to choose from. I'm afraid to pick the wrong one. This is the one, uh, a world body that's supposed to address all of the issues on the planet. Is it NATO? No, UN? that's... that's Your second answer is correct. UN. It's United Nations oh, met for the first time. 1946. 1969, the last issue of the Saturday Evening Post published. 1984, the U.S. established diplomatic relations after a 117-year pause with this religious organization that is also a city-state. What is it? Is it uh, Israel? You said a city-state? No. Yes, it's a religious organization and a city-state. Is it the Vatican? The Vatican oh. is absolutely correct. And in the year 2000, AOL Time Warner merger was announced. Boy, a lot of things have happened since that. Um, quick thing before we go. Have you ever had a fantasy about jumping in that big aquarium at Bass Pro Shop, Bernie? No. 
No, I have not, especially not after that video came out this past weekend. <laughs> video. Really unhappy that I ran across that on social Oh my goodness. Here's what happened. Leeds, Alabama. A man crashed his car outside a bass pro shop, stripped down to his birthday suit, and plunged into the giant aquarium inside the store. This happened Thursday night in front of shocked shoppers in a town just outside of Birmingham. The man did a cannonball leap into the aquarium, then stood under a waterfall. He left the water to yell at two officers, then dove back into the aquarium. Eventually, climbed over the side of the aquarium and fell to the concrete floor and was apprehended. So, this guy obviously had some issues. Bless his heart. It's all the time we have, folks. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios.